When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's a 40-20 attempt. And it's oh. not bad. Oh, he's it got is. It. Oh. It's there. It just kept going and going. These clappers, I don't know how they work. And, and James has just done it off early. He's not managed to do it properly either. He's supposed to bang it against something hard. So we bring it against a table. Um, welcome to 40-20 Live. The exciting news is last week's international finale special podcast is 30th in the podcast charts as an episode, uh, above a load of Rabuni ones, but below um, James Graham talking to Yvonne Sampson. So, got to work harder, got to work harder. Um, we've got parking. We've got parking, we've got Weight Watchers knock off Tunnets Camera Wafers, which you didn't see advertised at the Rugby League this weekend. We haven't got any part of that commercial deal, have we? You spoke to RL Commercial I yesterday. I can't believe how we haven't. I mean, surely we are promoted. The two cannot be coincidental. We really ought to remove the free advertising from behind <laughs> sure. the doors, shouldn't we? Should. Until they pay. Yeah. I should turn the ball round so it doesn't say Betfred at the front as well. I've been abused on Twitter. Um, so, a couple of weeks ago, when did um, Craig Lingard get appointed at Castleford? Oh, wow, about two or three weeks. Mm. Yeah, 17th of October. So I I said they should have had a special offer on bucket hats to go with the announcement. And someone's tweeted in saying, will they have a size big enough to cover your stupid something haircut sideshow bob? That's a bit harsh, (laughs) isn't it? It's not a haircut. Yes, clearly not a haircut. But but (laughs) as I walked into the building today, I was said, you know, when you had your haircut. I haven't had it done yet. Game breaker or moment of the week, or whatever League Express call it, surely the <laughs> biggest moment of the game, England versus Tonga on Saturday, which is where is we'll start. Englishmen. Englishmen versus Some Tonga. The biggest moment of that game... Is that recording? I think it is. No, I don't think it is. The biggest moment, surely, of uh, the weekend... What was that lot? The biggest moment of the weekend... This is going to make a bright mess of the podcast. Was surely... <laughs> Um, it's on loop. Chris Kendall falling over. That was, that, that was the best bit of the weekend, wasn't it? Oh, Harry Newman's. <laughs> Do you not see that? Harry Newman's drive. He fell over as he's gone. Um, how are we all after the weekend? Are we, are we, are we... Do you know, it's always a great weekend when Australia have been thrashed. Well, there is that as well. What a great weekend for International Rugby League. Australia get beaten. PNG win at home in front of a sellout crowd. England 
whitewash Tonga. The England women win um, not unexpectedly, but, but Wales were credible, bearing in mind that they'd been to France the week before. The wheelchair is the event. Mm. It, I mean, that, that was just sensational, even though, unfortunately, it wasn't the right result for England. Plus all the other international rugby that went on with the first ever international in uh, Berlin. Um, we've had the first women's international in Africa. And all of it is just uplifting, if you like, international dimension to the sport. Well, if you don't like international uh, rugby league? You're probably not tuning into this podcast. No, no. This season probably finished a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it, we'll start with the England men because it was the... Uh, it kind of works if we work back and then we can talk about the whole series and the international autumn, autumn, three weeks um, at the end. Tonga have been very disappointed, haven't they, Phil? Very. We've built this up as this, this great series between two nations and England have, bar, what, one half of rugby, maybe two halves at St Helens. The, the two games I've been to have not been great. Unfortunately, that's my fault. I'm going to take the I think it, that is a fair charge to level at them. I think you also have to bear in mind that they're not blessed with sufficient squad depth at the moment. And if you take three or four big names out who didn't come over, that that's probably not a surprise. Mm. And if you divorce the the game this weekend from the rest of the series, it was by far the most entertaining game from an England perspective. I don't know whether that was deliberate or not, but it was almost as if having won it, they went into the third game with the shackles taken off a little bit and played some lovely rugby. Um, it was probably England's best performance, I think, yeah. going from the three games. And I think you're right. Because they've got, they've got the, season, the series victory, does that give them a little bit more freedom to play? Of course, George Williams was back you know, in the house, so you'd, you'd have to say he had uh, some influence. Which you could see why um, you know, Sean Wayne was adamant that he was going to play and that however well Mikey Lewis had played in the first yeah. couple of games it was always going to be Harry Smith who I think had his best game with Williams outside and, yeah. and Williams controlling that midfield that clearly that was justified selection I just thought yeah, I don't know where it's the players took it on themselves but they looked like they were in, enjoying it a little bit more than the first two tests and, and I think the, certainly the, the try scored by Elliot Whitehead which was arguably the most emotional try the afternoon on his his final appearance and the one by Harry Newman um, which again got the biggest cheer because it's his first international <laughs> try on his on his home ground but they would have graced any game they, they were they were really entertaining and, oh. and the crowd got behind it as well and they appreciated it which which again we hadn't was seen or, there? well we hadn't seen or heard that much in St Helens or Huddersfield maybe that's because there wasn't that much to get excited mm. about but there certainly was a, a, a pedigree it was like Russ Abbott had turned up uh, and brought with him his famed atmosphere. There's one for the, the team, which, as we know, <laughs> yeah. well, I remember Ross Abbott immediately because your, your uh, eyebrows in the eighties. I do remember Ross Abbott because we went to see him live. They, they had the Ross Abbott show, didn't they? So then I'm showing my age there, but um, I don't remember the, the famed audience bit. But uh, atmosphere was wasn't it a great. It looked good on TV. It did. It came, but I thought, good on TV. Yeah, I thought the first game and the third game have come across well on TV in terms of the crowd. It was just the, because the stadium was so much bigger at Huddersfield, it didn't. But 
I mean, I've been talking about crowds. I didn't see much other than the highlights of the Australia-New Zealand game. There was hardly anybody there at Hamilton. The It's really weird. I mean, the cameras were on the other side to where the... the, but the crowd like is. at Salford when they show the, the empty well, stand. Yeah. But the, the really weird thing is that the same people that were tweeting, it's a terrible crowd of... 13,500 in New okay. Zealand. It's a brilliant crowd of 15,500 at Headingley. You're yeah. going, there ain't a lot of difference. Although it'd be interesting, had Tonga been playing in, in, in a game in Hamilton, it probably would have been a four. Yeah. And I think that with the whole thing about international rugby leagues, it's building from a base in New Zealand where there hasn't been really any rugby for two mm. years, effectively. Mm. Um, but that is the kind of result that is going to get people buying tickets for the Pacific Championships next time so that, you know, massive success we we get obsessed about crowds you know and who, who, how many people are coming is it a record and all that yeah just enjoy the fact that Australia have been thrashed however many people <laughs> and as somebody wrote um, I was reading some of the reports coming in from New Zealand that is going to be a game where there may well have only been 13,500 people there but 4.5 million will say that <laughs> <laughs> and, and the bigger the more important numbers are the TV figures and if they're good and then yeah. there might be more money come from TV for International Rugby League and we're all looking forward to next autumn when some are coming or not as Christian Wolf said they might not come um, which was quite good it's a shame Christian Wolf didn't do his press conference before Sean Wayne and then we could have all said to Sean Wayne Sean you say some are coming but Christian Wolf says they're not and then they could have had a fight in the car park <laughs> that would have been good carried on their animosity yeah um, but it was England won you can't take anything away from England's performances not, not at all um, I did enjoy the whole Mikey Lewis discourse in midweek as if anyone thought he was going to play when George Williams has been in the squad he wasn't dropped when he was suspended for the first two tests and everyone knew because Sean Wayne said he was going to play forgetting that Mikey Lewis didn't have it cried on the telly had a great first test didn't have a great second test people seem to have forgotten that fact but he should have been in the squad because he's he's our own and he's not George Williams who we don't like because he plays for Warrington I'm, I'm not 100% sure why Josh Thewlis and Morgan Smithers were called up not to not play to <laughs> <laughs> and that, they could have Handley being oh. sent out to <laughs> 10,000 mile trip to not play particularly <laughs> if you've won the, your first two games is surely your third game is the opportunity to, to give somebody a a game to see how they perform uh, you know you're thinking like I don't say a normal person that makes me sound like Sean Wayne's not normal but he, he wants to win not at all costs but he put his strongest team out regardless yeah and, and so, in some ways that's but that, that, that is admirable and, and that's what he's paid to do he, you know his record apart from the semi-final against Samoa is, is virtually is it something like 10 wins out of 12 or something like that you know that's what he's paid to do so uh, he, sentiment doesn't come into it but, but I just thought that um, it felt like a a different occasion to a league game on, on Saturday and, and that is what international should be you should park your domestic season and then say right we've got and, and you listen to the players even the Tongan players you certainly the New Zealand players that were all interviewed the PNG players um, and even the Fijians, uh, you know, Mike, Mike Acevo is as big a star in PNG as all the PNG uh, guys. They've loved it. They want. They they always keep saying when they played internationals, we need and want more of it. So um, I think well, what was good though was I think I was listening to the BBC commentary. They talked about you know next year with England are playing Samoa. The year after it, it's whatever that is. Is the is it the down under si yeah. uh, test series against Australia? Yeah. And, 20, then, and then the World Cup the year after that. So then the Kiwis are coming in, and the Kangaroos are coming in. Then it's another and, World Cup. Yeah, and almost for the first time in my lifetime, I thought actually here's a here's <laughs> a here's a calendar. Oh, here's no. something to look forward to. But 
if it comes if I still maintain if because <laughs> things do change in rugby but it's that sounded that sounded encouraging that there is something to look forward to next year and hopefully this is the start of something to I just think that build. what we don't do as well as we should and perhaps can't purely because of the logistics is the tickets for Samoa if it is going to be Samoa should have gone on sale <laughs> at the end of the Tonga series the venue should Agreed. be announced the, the the corporate people who have seen yeah no we, we, the wheelchair which we'll talk about separately it 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 brought it home why LED advertising is far more important than people are prepared to give it credit for. <laughs> this is the hell we're dying on these LED boards. But the LED yeah. boards at the Leeds Arena, that were at the side of the pitch, opposite the cameras that were in that were in action throughout the entire two hours, that it was on the BBC, they have to have a premium value for mm. all the advertisers that are on it. Now if you can say to them these are when the next wheelchair internationals are. This is when the next England running game international. You know, sign up now. I mean, it's from. And I know it's, it's easy to sit here and say yeah. that, and it, the commercial world out there probably yeah. isn't quite as black and white as that. But if we've got the calendar, the other nuts and bolts that we need to put in are the fixtures and the commercial partners behind it. I agree, and I, I think you're right. I, I haven't heard the story about it may or may not be Samoa, and hopefully that that doesn't come true. But. Um, you're right. There should be now tickets available to buy for next year. At straight least we away should know where the venues, are. where it's going to be, and the dates, and that is forward planning. Hopefully, that's that's to come. But my only concern about Samoa is their performances in in this specific tournament, and and whether we may get something similar to what we've seen with Tonga, because I do think Tonga have been disappointing. And you you can only beat the team that's put in front yep. of you. And England, I thought generally played well. Ultimately, the test always comes in. Against New Zealand and and uh, and Australia, clearly they they lost against Samoa in the semi final of the World Cup. I'm not I'm not taking that away from them, but that was a World Cup where you get all your players on board, your strong your strongest possible side. So the test still comes, I think, in two years' time when they go down under, because that's going to be a huge a huge challenge to go and play Australia in their own backyard. Can we afford the flights? Especially as they're going to be wounded. Mm. Well, they can afford the flights, it's just what class of flight they're in. Do they pay for the flights? Do the Australians pay for them? Is that okay? <laughs> Business class. Because it's a bit of a. Well, what usually happens in these situations. Yeah, what usually happens in these situations is that the host usually provides um, basic sort of cover, whether that be economy flights and sort of hotel accommodation uh, and anything beyond that. So, business class flights, it's usually topped up by. Um, say England so Australia would probably pay for economy flights and England would, would top up but it will all depend on the financial success of the tournament I guess I mean one would imagine this hasn't made money as a tournament and, and, and whether the Pacific Bowl has probably made money probably not you'd, based on what Steve Maskell was saying last week at the very least it might have broken even I mm. don't know what crowd figures they needed but they've had a what three quarters full Headingley half full Huddersfield and two thirds full St Helens. You would hope that those figures would give them enough in terms of, of attendance as well as whatever mm. commercial income they've got from LEDs um, <laughs> and, and anything else. That um, that it's it's. I think is the term washed its face. That that mm. is a phrase I've heard before. Mm. On bargain hunt mainly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the main thing. It is. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I mean, the thing is, we've had what? Anything up to a, nearly a million people at, at peak time watching mm. it on the BBC, which again, to an unfamiliar um, audience who just watch an international and see England win, does it really matter whether Tonga were at full strength or not, played as well as they could have done it? You know, one thing I noticed from the women's international was that the young, predominantly young, shouting crowd... <laughs> weren't in any way put off by the fact that it was a very one-sided game the more England scored the more they cheered and mm. uh, you know Wales clearly created a couple of overlaps that just didn't have the execution to finish them off Yeah, and it, it would have been nice if they could have at least I'm scored smi- I'm smiling to, to, because re- to reward their effort because yeah. there was a hell of a lot of effort there but I, I was pretty busy on Saturday um, but at, uh, so I sat down I was having a, a bit of lunch and watched five minutes of the England-Wales game and it was the sort of tail end of the first half and I, I must admit I thought I would, I'd would shouted at the TV I think three or four times before I turned it off and in frustration because Wales just <laughs> were in, unable to catch a ball and score they literally they all they had the to overlaps. do yeah they had the overlap obviously they got the advantage of, of having a player an England player in the sim bin all they had to do was really catch and, and dive over and, and they failed on two occasions I thought oh that's, if that's, the that's union, my lunch over is it the union mindset I don't know because they have to re, rewire their brains and the, the problem we've got is and it's an obvious problem England's women are at a level that no other team in the Northern Hemisphere is at their main rivals are Australia and New Zealand they're down there we haven't got no money we can't fly them over or anyone else so we have to make do with what we've got but, but how Wales they, and how France will only improve. improve yeah Wales and France will only improve if they play England mm. and Cardiff Demons being a regular fixture in their division and playing in the Challenge Cup can only help. They're talking about an origin series for the women. Now, whether you extend that to... I wouldn't put Wales in there because if you have Wales versus Yorkshire and Yorkshire win 50-0, that looks terrible. But if you have Yorkshire versus Cardiff Demons or something, 
or call them South Wales or something that isn't the Welsh nationality. Celtic Crusaders. Many will steal that because that's not been used to them in is it? So call them something else, have a tri series or quad series, have come whatever, you know, just Wales need to play games as well against a team that are not quite England but not so I, I don't know. But something's gonna happen. So I that's think good. You, you've got to persevere. Hmm. Uh, because if you look at where I, mean, I think Christian Wolf made this point during the week. If you look at where Tonga were maybe six years ago, to the fact that they are now the first Tier 2 nation touring and playing a Tier 1 nation, that's a hell of an advance. So we can criticise the fact that they haven't been as good as perhaps we thought they might have been because they did so well um, in the 2017 World Cup and then in 2019. But they haven't done it over here yet because they're not used to playing in conditions and rules and stadiums over here <laughs> they have to bring all their best players to be at their best but the more they play the more they're going to reach that threshold and you know we're the same with you say you know who else are, are England going to play in, in the Northern Hemisphere well how are we going to get up to the level of the Gillaroos and Kiwi Ferns yeah. it, it's a, it has to be a pyramid system where you're always playing somebody slightly better than yourself so that you know the benchmark, you have to. Wales have taken a lot out of this. I, I saw the social media of Tom Brindle's mm. speech to the to the women when they were on the field afterwards, saying it's fine margins. It might have blown out a bit at the end, but there's a lot of what we're doing is exactly where we need to be. The fact that they could play two games in two weeks against two nations that are higher than them in the rankings, their first ever proper trip abroad, mm. not not counting Ireland. Um, and to come back from that where they've had a very creditable result, to then play against the best team in this part of the world, and rugby league is a cruel game, you can make five great tackles in a set six and concede on the last one. They're moving in the right direction. There's a lot of buy-in amongst the Welsh players. Some of them are very naive when it comes to the nous of, of the sport, but they're absolutely passionate about the shirt. 15 of the 18 Welsh born. Yeah, I was just going to say that, have they explored the grandparent rule? I, I assume they have well they must have because we had Georgie Taylor on last mm, week yeah. <laughs> so, well, I listened to some of that I, yeah. I guess it's um, that yeah. can go one of two ways again can't it, it but also they were missing their best player yeah. in Beth and Dainton you know it's mm. clearly um, and she she's the one that a lot of them look up to she plays in Super League at a level whereby she's winning player of the match awards every other week um, she just wasn't quite fit having got injured in the French game to play at Heading which would have been a, on her home ground you need those players. Yeah, and by the way, England are far from the finished product. I no, mean, absolutely. You know, the, 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 the short time I watched the game, England were obviously down to 12, but they still packed a full scrum. I thought, well, come on, that's 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 naive in the extreme. And then at the next scrum, they were almost told, you don't need to pack everybody. <laughs> and then there was a whole kerfuffle about who was in the scrum and who wasn't. Then they didn't have a defending scrum half. and It just seemed chaotic as though nobody was really out there on the pitch controlling that and being switched on to what was happening Caitlin Beavers shot out the line which almost which should have resulted in a try to Wales quite honestly so that was that, there were some mistakes in there in that performance despite the fact they went on and, um, um, you know what was it 16 nil it finished and, yeah, and, but no. the other thing about Wales not having Beth and Dayton is England had Georgia Roach who's just come off winning an NRLW grand final mm. is clearly playing at a level probably even higher than some of her other England colleagues which is no disrespect to them but to be successful in the NRLW you've got to be something really really special um, so you know it's all about getting your best players out there as often as you can wearing that shirt being being proud to wear it and the, the more that Wales play and get yeah. those kind of players then 
it, they've already proved they can be competitive with France. If we could get to yeah. a almost a, a, a tri-nations between England, mm. Wales and France in the women, where the standard was going up all the time, England could, can use it as well to, to blood some of their younger players, which again can only give them greater depth when they need it. They're going over to play the the Gillaroos and the Kiwi Ferns. It's it, it's great. I think Wales lost their was it the captain with a concussion as well early on. I mean you were there, so you, I don't know why I'm asking you. I was. Oh, you were there. You, I, I can't remember if you were the, I was in, there the, in the shop. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember where you were. Two one. jobs at the same time. Um, I think it was the captain that lost with concussion. Yes, um, Shawnee Davis. Yeah, so that's obviously who just come back from two years out. You know, she's another great story. Um, so I, I just think we um, <coughs> we can overanalyze the action, but the fact is having this two or three week period of almost constant international rugby league has been really good for the sport I also think it's right that we are able to be critical of what we see on the field in the women's yeah. game because we don't want to fall into the trap of going everything's great and everything's this and that and the other because if, if you're not critical then you, you're lying to the audience hmm. Well I'm sure the coaching staff are having those conversations and one of a couple of things that I mentioned there in the space of a few minutes to watch, watch the game they will be having those conversations oh, will, yeah, with yeah, the players yeah. for sure but I think you're right and that's from, like, from my point of view I think sometimes you, you, you can end up being cheerleaders if you're not too careful um, and you know I want, I want to support and I think it's right to support the women's game but equally I th- it should be done with um, you know some positive, but I also um, think that the constructive the, criticism. The women's game is going to improve because now we know that you know York is starting to pay their players. Which twelve of them now. Mm. Twelve. You'd be annoyed if you weren't in that twelve. Right? <laughs> We've got to have somebody for Richie Mile as well. Got to mention him in a bit. And the um, you know the Super League is going to improve in standard, and it has improved. There's no doubt about that. It's improved over the and, last. And few I years. do think there is a plan at some point to bring London and Cardiff into mm. it. Um, so, so that's going to help the, the Welsh. So there's going to be more people playing in Super League who are eligible to play for Wales and um, Scotland and Ireland. So it's going to take time. It's going to take absolutely. a number of years. Yeah. Shall I say something controversial? Shall I, say, I say something controversial now. This is top three women's Super League next year in this order, right? Number one, York. Number two, Leeds. It's not that controversial at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Number three, Wigan. So you're you're predicting that St Helens will not be the powerhouse that they've been. Well, Shona Hoyle has officially signed for Leeds. Who'd have thunk it? Has she? Yeah, they've just announced it. Sure. Not, surely they must have run it by you first. I didn't know when they were going to announce it. I think you'll find it might have been in there. Might be, might be the first of many going from <laughs> from St Helens to other teams, but we'll we'll see on that. Um, what was I going to say about... So um, you've gone early there. We're, we're still in 2023. Well, yeah. I don't upset Kelty Generals anymore. <laughs> <laughs> She's on the telly. She might be able to get some work. Is that what we're doing next week? <laughs> Predictions for the 24 season. <laughs> we can't be many more moves, can we? I, I, I just, yeah, but I'm not going to make a prediction about the men's suit. Really. <laughs> I guess they probably went Saints this year or something. Uh, Paul says St. Helens again. Well, Paul, I will probably be wrong because I usually am. Uh, but... I, if that game hadn't existed, you wouldn't have been on telly. Don't be, you know, been a repeat a bargain hunt or something. Same with the wheelchair game yesterday. If that hadn't existed, it wouldn't have been Absolutely. on telly. And, and again, the, the viewing game. figures we gather for the wheelchair, um, I, I haven't seen for the women's game, about a quarter of a million people. Mm-hmm. I think when, when you think, again, you, you've got to put all this in historical mm-hmm. perspective. We're talking about the women's game and how far that... How, how Tonga of you know in, in a very short space of time when you when you also factor in the fact that we almost lost a year and a half with COVID in the middle of that. Um, when you look at where the wheelchair game has been played and how it was structured to getting quarter of a million people watching 
on a BBC channel on a Sunday afternoon. BBC Two as well. It's astonishing. Yeah, I agree. I, and I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I did. I, I, it was a shame I couldn't get there, but I would have. I think I would have enjoyed. Uh, enjoyed it. <laughs> I've enjoyed it in person, but it, it comes across. It's a great. It's a great uh, spot for TV. I think. And yeah. the way it was configured. And I thought the, the FD arena would be a bit special, mm. but to have the audience above Elevators. the pitch, mm. great atmosphere, must have looked great on television. Team probably needs to do a little bit more in the early The slight downside the by having the crowd elevated is that you lose a lot, some of the crowd in the TV picture. But, uh, you know, I've seen pictures of people sitting in the stand looking at the, down yeah. at the. It, it is was it a amazing pitch? to walk in. Um, it is a pitch. Don't call it a court, you get in trouble yeah. for that. Um, you know, I thought it looked really, really good. Rugby League on TV, well, I don't know where they get the figures from, uh, but uh, they're, they're always right. I'm not saying they don't get them right, I'm just saying they don't know where they get them from. But women's match got uh, average 176,000 with 220,000 peak. And whether that's good or not depends on what the broadcaster wants and what the Rugby Football League thought they would get. So, uh, But again, it's 100 and odd thousand people wouldn't be watching Rugby League at that but point if that game hadn't existed. That, if that wheelchair figure of around quarter of a million mm. is right, we struggle to get quarter of a million for a men's super league. <laughs> mm. Now I know, I know you're not comparing the same broadcasting strands. Yeah. One's terrestrial, one's um, one's not. It's, it's satellite, but quarter of a million people watching a game that a lot of them will still have been unfamiliar with. It's just such a great building block. And again, we should be saying, right, okay, we know that the England wheelchair team are going to France in three weeks. Great, I can't wait to see whatever footage they get back of that. But when's the next home international? Yeah. Where is it? Can I get a ticket? All There's definitely a market that, for the wheelchair. Yeah, because, all those I mean, people that came out of the arena, yeah. if you'd have said to them, would you like to buy a ticket for an event in a year's time, they'd have gone, oh yeah. Because what we've just talked about between England and, and Wales in terms of the women, it's there already in terms of the wheelchair, isn't it? The competitiveness between those two teams is but tremendous. Not, but again, the, the same applies. If England was to play Wales at the moment or Scotland at the moment, Agreed. there's that gap. But Agreed. they've got to play them yeah. to enable them to be... So a three-test series against France next autumn, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I, I know we, we I don't know where you'd play them all again, but we've got this pitch now. You can see them taking it up in the background. With the, you at uh, least play at home and away, don't you? Mm. If you can't, you know, because of the logistics of hosting okay, so players for Leeds, three weeks, etc. First test Leeds, second test Marseille, third test London, Cotton yeah, Box. Okay, sorry, Darryl, I'll sign your checks. But I think <laughs> but there are, like I think there are, there are commercial oh, yes. partners out there mm. that would be prepared to underwrite that, who... who We've said it before. Probably are not that interested in the running game. We, it's how do you cultivate them? It, mm. it goes back to exactly what we said at the beginning of this. You can map out who's going to be playing when and where over a, a long period. I mean, the French, who I thought gave a brilliant press conference afterwards, bearing oh. in mind that the one after the World Cup final was twenty minutes of ranting. <laughs> uh, this was very I love constructive. Robert, I love him. He was ha half a trophy named after him. They were talking about this is their first building block to 2026. And you're mm. going, great, what are the others? When are you playing? Yeah. Who are you playing? Can we play England, you know, at least once a year guaranteed, written in? The Armchair Rugby World Cup, looking forward to it. That's what Google Translate tells me, that's what the French... Yeah, they call it Armchair Rugby. Armchair Rugby. Armchair yeah. Rugby. Um, more on that in a minute, because here's some uh, messages. Not more breaking news. No, no. Richie Miles signed for York. He has signed for York, hasn't he? That's all about. Uh, Kevin Kevin Nets retired. Who has? Kane Lynette. All oh, right. Which means Calepitan, Tangino, or we're going to talk okay. From Wakefield. Yes. Surely our big money man can keep him, surely. Well, oh, I suspect, Radio Leeds to find out, I suspect that's already a done deal oh. subject to Lynette retiring, which he uh, now has. Paul has been on. 
Good evening, gentlemen. I watched my first wheelchair game yesterday, and now I'm a convert. Brilliant spectacle. Uh, Kevin asked him how many were there. Uh, and I can tell you, Paul, uh, I can tell you, Kevin, even, it was 2,311. Because they held up a bit of... How it works is, someone comes around the press box with a bit of paper saying, these are the number of people there. 2,311. So, there you go. It looks good on the telly. It looked good in real life. I mean, we were sat behind the post, so we didn't have the best of views. You, you had a better one if you paid for it, which is good, because, you know, the other thing as well is the, the the acoustics at the FD Arena because it's a it's a new build are fantastic. So again, all the light show and the sounds before the game even started was absolutely top notch. You, I think you said it. Of all the internationals we've seen this autumn, that's the one that felt like an event. Yeah. And if we're going for the event goer. It would be an I can see why you know. It's you also it it's also given the time of year. It's actually quite It wasn't cold. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's not wet. It's not cold. Uh, damp. Uh, apologies to the podcast listeners who hate me opening the papers, but they'll be hearing me opening the, um, the, no, the in a minute. You want to be agreeing with this person then who says, surely it's now time not only to combine the two divisions, but also I thought we had three. But also to go back to winter rugby with all games to be played on a Sunday. Yeah. This would encourage the supporters of Super League clubs to go and see their future stars of rugby league play their trade. They're going to have their own grand final played before the Super League grand final or Challenge Cup final. Not afterwards when everyone has gone home. Now you can't change it. Uh, the reality for the majority of these clubs is not the ambition of competing in Super League. Well, according to the people whinging about IMG, it is. Uh, but to remain viable and win as many games as possible and hopefully produce new talent as well as representing their local town. What a lot just, of London just on, and I know we're not going to go back to it because we don't need to but on the principle of grading how good is it to see clubs like York signing people like Richie Myler in the knowledge that the, the likelihood given their illustrative grading at the moment is they're not going to be into, it's not stopping ambitious clubs trying to be the best they can be London are saying the same you know the, the ones that are going to be disadvantaged theoretically in terms of their grading it's not stopping them trying to be a better club and surely that's what it's all about I'm going to have to get some LED boards for here aren't I <laughs> well I read with interest Barrows because they went into real detail brilliant. didn't they that was a you know. brilliant statement um, and again they're appealing to the local council saying you know we're doing what we can do but when are you going to leave as a stadium yeah and you know speaking with my uh, professional uh, property hat on um, there for the podcast. I, I, well, um, I, you know, if people want any advice about how to bring development forward, be that stadia, then uh, then you do need get to in be touch. on our LED board, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> yeah. I'm getting out the park. But Barrows as town has got you know has got a lot of money coming its way from, well, from the government. Were, you know, that's what they were saying about BAE, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. they're getting a huge amount of money uh, in relation to building new um, submarines. I think it's part of the what, what's the the. the um, well, that's the agreement that they formed with was it America and, uh, yeah. and Australia yeah I think it's probably part of that um, <laughs> Kevin said I had a check because Kevin said breaking news Helen Skelton is taking over from Holly Willoughby on this morning I had to check to see if it's real but apparently it's not <laughs> because um, he asked I've heard there's no more Ruby League on Channel 4 is this right it no. could be or it might not be it might be it might not be we don't know just because someone posts something on Instagram Wilson hasn't done it. Wilson's not on social media. He's in Germany, isn't he? Yeah, he's in the NFL. He hasn't said, oh, you know. Or Danny Kerr. They haven't heard anything. So we we don't know. We'll find out when we find out. The the door is open. Mm, The door is open. 
the ASMR people will love this crunching of uh, parking. Mm. You know? We might go into that over the winter, just do ASMR videos because they do well on YouTube. Although I don't think with three blokes that are over 40, more women in their 20s. Uh, Carson says, Germany win 54-10 against Poland in front of over 500 people and it was freezing. I want <laughs> test matches in the summer. No, we don't get overexciting defeating Poland, Carsten. Yeah, because no one's going in the winter. I know football is, but that's, you know, and that other one, the, the, the other one. But, yeah. I mean, talk, talking of opportunity, um, Norway hosted Greece in a men's senior international. Mike Smale offered it. And it's great for him as well to have internationals um, helping his development and um, how good is it for, for the players. I mean, the, the match report that came back said it had been an attractive and free-flowing game because the referee was used to handling the players at, at Super League level. Well, again, isn't this what International Rugby League is all about, that everybody benefits out of it? Yeah, well, I was offered the, offered the opportunity to actually referee an international um, some months ago, but it would have been <coughs> in the last few weeks. And uh, I wasn't massively keen on doing it because uh, it's an opportunity for an up-and-coming referee to, to get some experience at that level. But for some of those uh, organisations, I think they probably would have felt that it would have been good for them to have somebody mm. with you know uh, Super League experience as so a while you were in South Africa no win. no it wasn't South <laughs> Africa we've got, Ke- we got Kenya no it was a European game but um, but yeah I mean you know I will, never say never but I'd rather see you know mm. people with um, yeah that, that opportunity to go and, uh, and travel and, and referee abroad I mean I remember going to Venice to referee believe it or not was that England France, Great Britain France it was a uh, Barla, it was like a Barla oh, Barla, right. tour. It was like a sevens tournament because I think they they had it. Didn't they have a? Wasn't there a tour this year? Mm-hmm. Um, and there were sad circumstances surrounding that. Yeah. But yeah, that I went uh, quite a number of years ago and uh, and did that. But why were England playing not Brazil at the same time as England men were playing on the telly and England women? Who's, who scheduled that? The thing is, who allowed that to happen? It's a non non sanctioned game, so I'm not even sure we should give it the oxygen and publicity. Right. If I'm being honest. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, it certainly wasn't Brazil, I No. Fancy retraining as a wheelchair rugby league referee. Well, have to do as much running. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because somebody's already contacted me and said, "Do you fancy giving it a go?" And I thought, "Well, I've just finished refereeing. I don't think it, that will uh, pass muster." I'll tell you what, that, that you know, two thousand three hundred people in the Leeds <laughs> Arena booing David Butler yesterday—that was yeah, sweet. yeah. I thought that was pretty gentle, to be fair, wasn't it? <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for the chance <laughs> to go around yeah. and, and, and things to be thrown. Given that elevation, you had quite a good vantage point, didn't you, to start hauling, <laughs> hauling the things through the air at the officials? Not that I'm suggesting that that should happen. Um, I mean, I don't imagine most people would know why they were booing, uh, really, because. But, Having spoken to him this morning, it has been reviewed, and the only thing that is potentially um, a, a contentious was whether it was a forward pass or not. So no, the, the referees but made all less of the penalties apparently correctly given. Yeah, there was a well, there appeared to be a missed a missed penalty which went in England's favour when they, they, they were saying on the TV, and I didn't know anything about this, but when they have the tag removed. 
they have to now re-tag mm. prior to basically yeah, playing yeah, the ball yeah, yeah, and I think that's, that's a new right. international or a new law that's sort of come in and just, it was sort of catching one or two of the players out as they attempted to oh. re-tag the tag didn't stick and it fell off well so this, this is the other controversy that France were apparently using sticky Velcro oh okay yeah someone was saying their Velcro was sticky Conspiracy. <laughs> I know which is great and the tags were dark so they but should as, be contrasting to their to, the, to their kit but as Phil Roberts pointed out because I, I, I mentioned this in a jokey fashion because you know or pos- the possibility says Phil who should know these things he's, you know, he's won a World Cup uh, the possibility is that England players were deliberately delaying removing the tank to control the rock. Exactly. Right. Sean Wayne, France anticipated this and used it to create a lot of offloads in second phase, especially in the first half. Hundred percent. Is what the word was coming back. Oh really? Yeah. They just looked, looked to lose their composure a little bit in the, in the game. They got frustrated, didn't fair. they? They they didn't start off with the, the sufficient intensity to stop no. the French offload. And once they'd gone behind, it was almost like we're always playing catch up. And yeah, they couldn't stem the tide at one really. Was. Jack Brown made a huge difference when he came on, but he was still suffering from jet lag. I mean, only just mm. flown in from um, Queensland, so the the plan was always to just play him for a half. Mm. And you could see that um, it was a great contest. Though I honestly, I really, really enjoyed. And it. they won the second half, yeah. and mm. it got to again two minutes from time before you knew who was mm. going to win. Absolutely. Which uh, is what you want. Andy thinks the difference between the two teams was the French ability to manoeuvre the chair and their body in a way that made it incredibly difficult for the smaller, lighter England players to get to their tags, allowing them to keep the ball alive with an offload. Uh, England's game is uh, attacking game is built around the speed of lighter, smaller players like Jack Brown, Nathan Coins, and Rob Hawkins, but it has its drawbacks against bigger opponents. Now we're all see. Now we're, we're all we're, we're all, all analysing it now. We're all yeah. analysing. Tom Coyne, welcome for your job now. So <laughs> you know, well, that's, that's it. Um, it's great that we have this analytical thing about something that we didn't know much about before and now we can watch and we understand what's going on there was a point made in commentary though about the physicality of the sport but mm. what people don't probably talk about quite as much is the skill and there's a high yeah. level of skill involved oh. I mean, the ability to to um, to wheel that wheelchair as, as quickly as they oh. do whilst trying to catch or pass or, or even trying to oh, evade being tackled by the thing, swerving yeah. in the seat, which is no good for people in the, on the podcast. But I'm now swerving, <laughs> We're moving. swerving in my seat, but trying to avoid by lifting your arm the tag from being removed. There's all sorts of little sort of tactics at play. Watching there. them warm up, where they're virtually individually doing slaloms in the chair mm. at a ridiculous speed. Mm. It, to control a wheelchair like that is just, a, and again, it raises this philosophical argument well, yes. about. How many, you know, how many disabled people or permanent wheelchair users do you have in the team, or is it just your ability to control the wheelchair? Because that's the piece of sport and equipment. Mm. It's that it's it that really interesting point, the sport, where the philosophy of what it is against the spectacle that it has become. It, it's difficult to marry the two. The French made a commitment afterwards that every test match they're going to play from now on will have one. Um, permanent wheelchair user as part of their five on the pitch at any one time and even when uh, was it uh, Vargas was withdrawn yeah. another permanent wheelchair yeah. user went on and and that's the way they want to play it and, and I, I have think to say, there I will think be some rule amendments to bring I think nations closer together I think together. there's merit in that um, you know ultimately it was probably born out of that and when you listen to the stories on the Storyville documentary there's some there's some pretty 
tragic stories mm-hmm. there and people that, that physically couldn't play the running game and therefore there's an alternative so and I get that it's inclusive you can be male female or able-bodied or, or otherwise but I think if you're not careful it it may become where people who have a permanent disability are almost excluded from it because because of their physical limitations and that's surely against the spirit of although of the sport France did that yesterday and won but I, I think what, what we're looking at is a division between the elite level of the sport, which has certain requirements, mm. and the community level of the sport, which is open to anyone and everyone. Mm. And is that any different in any other sport? You know, mo- most people cannot play top elite level sport, whether it's tennis like Andy Murray or, you know, it, it is by its nature exclusive because mm. of your ability to play it. Yeah, stick me in a wheelchair. I'm not going to be any good for the uh, Black Champs since anyone won't pick me. Yeah, he, he yeah, did, I think he did it's say that. supposed to be inclusive, man. No, it's yeah. on video. I think, he, I think he looked at you and said it's inclusive, but not yeah. for people that well, have any talent. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it, it. What was great yesterday was it maintained that tradition of rivalry as well. Mm. So already we're talking about. Oh, I can't wait for Marseille on the twenty fifth of November when we, we wondered why the trophy was presented yesterday. Great for the television to always have a trophy presentation, but they're playing each other again in three weeks. Should it have been over mm. the aggregate of the two and and. Uh, the reply we were given is it's a trophy that is played for in perpetuity so whenever these two nations meet those two people who founded the sport should be commemorated so France may only hold this for three weeks if England can win in Marseille but that but that makes sense when you think about it but why did England and Wales not play for a trophy when England and France did in the mid-season international at Warrington I mean granted it was some crappy trophy at Red Hall well going back to the men's game great that the player of the series award Mm -hmm. was named after somebody and the person it was named after sounded like a genuine pioneer a Tongan who came over and played over here who Nick Alafihi's father which I don't think many people would have known much about him and it's great that he gets commemorated I think many might be overstating it alright any um, we need to uh, get the are we doing the Dave Hatfield Trophy based on the Steve Mascot series last week? It makes things up. I mean, we could probably get... I don't know. But, and, and Harry Smith came and spoke to us for three minutes before Christian Wolf came in and said some more outcoming. Let's make some more plans. He didn't, he didn't, and that's paraphrasing. And not necessarily correctly paraphrasing. I should actually get a job as a Ripley journalist. With some, some, some websites might employ me for that par- paraphrasing skill. It's away from my column. I've written 300 words so far. So, so it's another 350 to go yeah well, well actually another 850 so that I can pair it back yeah so I mean I've not even watched that Super League documentary yet so at least that will take up some of it and I've only mentioned yeah, John Wilkin and Danica pretty much so that's, that's not good is it should be mentioned again it's everywhere um, Harry Newman Harry Newman so Sean Wayne massive fan of him he's going to sign him for Wigan excellent no, but has he taken? Has he done what Sean Wayne has said? Do this, and you can play international rugby. And when other people, obviously, whose faces don't fit with Sean Wayne, Jake Connor. Well, you can say that. <laughs> Maybe Sean Wayne has or hasn't spoken to him. I don't know. But he, he sends messages out, doesn't he, via via the rugby league media, say, you know, do this, do that, do this. He's obviously had a word with Harry Newman, who's got a reputation. Whether that's fair or not, I don't know. You have to ask James Bentley. But he seems to have listened, learned, and impressed Sean Wynn, and, and now leads to getting back a better player. So thanks to Sean Wynn. So, yeah, well done to him. I think that element of it 
slightly disrespectful. I think Sean Wayne did pull back a little bit from that when he when he first said it, because um, he he did say after the game on Saturday, Leeds had done a great job with Harry Newman. So it's not just not just Sean, not just Sean sending him back as a better player. I think the um, you've got to look at it from Harry's point of view rather than Sean's. He wants to be in that England squad. If he wants to be in that England squad then he's got to behave in a manner in which the current England coach is going to pick him and include him in that England squad. So he would have looked at his behaviour and said, if Sean Wayne says I need to jump on my left foot all the time, that's exactly mm. what I'll do. But also, Harry knows that at some point in the not-too-distant future, there may be an opportunity to, for him to play in the NRL. And I'm not wishing that he goes, because I, I, clearly he's a great talent. That I, I want him to be a game-breaker over here, particularly if he happens to be wearing blue and amber I wouldn't mind that but I think Harry knows that he's at an age 23 where if he's ever going to be picked up in the NRL A he needs to perform in an international at a consistently high level and he needs to prove to them that his temperament is such that when he's put under even more pressure than he would be in Super League that he can handle it so I just think he's maturing a bit more as as a person and he, he clearly knows perhaps what he needs to do to be where he wants to be and yes, yeah, Sean Wayne will have a part to play in that, but it's down to Harry. Hair pulling. What's that all about? That's, 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 that's nonsense. What's that going on? Oh, we've seen it before, haven't we? It was the right decision to put them. Not put normally in a men's game, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've still, probably still seen it somewhere, haven't we? Uh, it was the right decision to Simbin. I don't think it was the right decision to Simbin, a, a Tongan player, for running in because. As I rightly pointed out on TV, basically most most players ran in, uh, and the player that got Simbin for running really didn't do anything other than what the others had done. So I think sometimes there's a danger as a referee that you sort of being seen to be balanced by, you know, what like the BBC's political coverage. <sighs> oh dear. Um, so yeah, it was an easy. It was that was an easy yellow card for me. The the hair pulling. They just I don't know really why, what he was reacting to. He it was just a massive hit, wasn't it? But it looked a legal hit to me. Um, and he'd been hit once before off the kickoff. Um, yeah, I'm just imagining if Vicky Moynihan had been sent off on a final. <laughs> never, never shown a yellow card in her career. Last game for England, could have got sent off. Yeah, I missed the yellow card. I just tuned in as the yellow card was given in towards the end of the first half. Is that what that was? It, it was a yellow, yeah. Right. Yeah, it was high. Right. She. Um, but that was a French referee refereeing that game. Uh, he'd come across. Oh, think, neutral ref. Hang on. Yeah, he'd come across earlier in the year. I think. I think it was part of that group that you reported on mm. in, the, in, in the in the magazine. Uh, Enzo, I'm not going to say his surname because I'll get it wrong. Um, Perry, I think. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's been involved on on sort of sort of championship touchlines, I think, and in goals on Super League and uh, when Toulouse were in and, and that sort of stuff when Catalan are not on TV. So that that was a you know a good opportunity for a, fre- a young French referee to travel across to the UK and. And referee on TV with a video referee. Mm-hmm. I don't know if a video referee was t- called into action or, or not. Um, but yeah, yeah, for Caitlin Beaver's try. Oh yes, but yeah, good opportunity for him. Um, I'm trying to think what else has happened this week. I know we only had a handful of games, so oh, we haven't talked about Australia losing it, have we? So let's let's not in enough Australia. detail. Let's celebrate <laughs> Australia losing. I woke up on Saturday morning uh, to get ready to go to Headingley, the home of rugby league. Uh, as we now are supposed to call it AMT Heavenly yeah. Rugby Stadium I think it's just now known Heading, as the or, Venue of Legends or Headingley as it's known oh Phil what, when are you starting your tours <laughs> tour, tour guide is this what happens if you can't if Gary Hetherington's busy before I knew is that what happens um, <laughs> Australia they're a lovely group 
I woke up, put the TV on, I thought, well, I, I can't watch the whole game, I haven't got time. So I'll fast forward to the end. 13, have they got the, have they messed up the graphic? What's going on? 13 nil. Biggest ever defeat. Australia's going to be signing up all those Tongans. I think we now. need to mention that again. Biggest ever defeat. Ever. In their history. Sure, it's not to us, isn't it? But, um, and having seen, like you, didn't get up at 4.30 in the morning to watch it live, but having seen extended highlights, totally and utterly deserved. Mm. Uh, no complaints. Uh, Michael Maguire. The, the amazing thing about the two internationals this weekend was that they were the reverse of the internationals the previous weekend. So... New Zealand had been beaten in Melbourne and everybody went, ah, oh, it'd be a four-goal conclusion. Yeah, what about getting up, yeah? Turn it round. PNG been heavily beaten by Fiji. Turn it round. Fantastic. Uh, just the emotion of somebody like James Fisher-Harris, who, I don't know if you've refereed him, doesn't say a lot. No, I don't think so. Um, I might have done, but... Yeah, was, was captain of that team. will go down in history as leading a group of men to their biggest ever victory over, over Australia in since 1908 when they first played the, played against each other just the, the raw emotion that it meant to all of them um, and the, the difficulties that New Zealand Rugby League has had in the Covid period where the Warriors had to play all their games in Australia and couldn't really build on some of the 2017 World Cup 2019 international games it's just a massive boost because coming out of it is people like Mal Meninga who were embarrassed saying <laughs> we want redemption well if you want redemption you're going to have to play some more international games aren't you so mm. it's exactly what we want and and people like Cameron Munster saying yeah we may have been slightly complacent but uh, don't don't look any further than the fact that w it means as much for us to pull on this jersey as it does the New Zealanders uh, well okay let's pull it on a little, little more often then if we can it's just brilliant so how do we convince Peter Melandis when he's not obnobbing Joe Biden Joe Biden to uh, I think they're, they're committed I, I think they the, the NRL or the ARLC have underwritten the Pacific Championships together with government they, the government funding that they've got because PNG is seen as politically strategic in that part of the world but they put it into the international game they, they haven't said oh let's take some more of our domestic games into it they, they want those nations to stand on their own two feet and be competitive they're talking about the PNG team now being the 18th team in the NRL There's not Sydney Papua New Guinean Hunters Cairns based PNG um, but they're, they're also you know now have the Fijian silk tails in the level underneath in the New South Wales competition there is a genuine feel for expansion at the moment and that has to have an international dimension to it be interesting to see what happens in Las Vegas not just with the NRL club games and the impact that may have, but USA Wheelchair have now pulled out of playing the um, Wheel Australian Wheel. Wheelchair team. But there is talk of them being replaced and that Wheelchair itself is more important than the nations that play it. So let's have a three-match Ashes series in Las Vegas. You heard it here last. You can first. free one yeah. of them. Yeah, send you <laughs> I still have my passport, so I still won't be there. But you know, only a week in Vegas—that'd be uh, an experience. It's not quite summer bash, is it? Well, the summer bash has gone. I think that's uh, well. Again, rumor yeah, at the moment yeah. had not been announced, but I wouldn't be surprised. To the shock of no one who's been <laughs> to the last time, I mean, even bother going to York, and that's no knock on York. But, but again, if there's one round that has um, duplicate fixtures in it, you just get rid of the round. If, it, mm. if it's not commercially viable, you've absolutely no reason to have it. 
Very nice trophy. Papua New Guinea got picked up as well, wasn't it? Best and, trophy uh, in international rugby league. And, Looks and, like an elephant's ear. And now um, your man uh, Reese Martin, the most capped Cummel ever. Some conjecture about that. Oh, as it's one of these things where that's come from PNG, right? Is this like Wales when they can't they get the rugby league record keepers thing? Not yeah. quite so sure, but it's out there, so we're going with it. Right. <laughs> so if we say things often enough, people will believe. Them. Like listening figures, people will believe them. If they uh... don't unsubscribe to our YouTube channel, we just hit three thousand five hundred. If it goes down, I won't be happy. Um, am I doing a shirt review like last year, Kevin? Yes, I will be. I mean, I forgot last year, didn't I? I didn't bother doing it, but. I'm very pleased Leeds have brought out their blue and red away kit, so it makes me uh, feel like I can support the women without being uh, too disloyal. Not that I do, of course, because I'm completely neutral. But um, is there any other apart from Richie Mallow going to York? Is there anything else happened? Well, Sam Powell's going to Warrington, apparently. And Toby King. Warrington signing all the hookers. To St Helens. Oh, rumored. Oh, okay. That he he's. Moving from Warrington to Saints to allow Sam Powell to come into Warrington. Rumour. Um, Richie Myler going to free up some salary cap so that rumour Tom Burgess can sign for Leeds. Did we cover Morgan Smithers last week? Probably not. No. Because that, that came out Tuesday, didn't it? I think. I think he came out just before. Uh, I don't John think it's a surprise, is it, that he's gone? Because I think there was a stronger rumour that he was going. I wasn't sure where mm. he was going, but Canberra is the destination, isn't it? Ideal replacement for Elliot Whitehead, who's going to be mm. in his final year. They're, they're very similar in the way they approach um, mm. approach the game. Really hard workers, do all the uh, what is it, the unsung stuff that we don't appreciate. But it's, it's like Liam Farrell, proto Liam Farrell. Um, Jimmy Connors going to York. I think we knew that, Carson. I think we, I know you just told yeah, he's, he's, he's already he's signed. Said that yeah. Riley Dean's off to the North Queensland Cowboys. So he's signed. Sean Hall going to Leeds. We've mentioned that, Tony. Sean Hall going to Leeds. Other people to follow. Apparently, Riley Dean, I think, is going to the Mackay Cutters so that, he, as the feeder club for North Queensland, he can show that he's good enough to step up if needed, which is a great move for him. Well, I, think, I think he's been shoddily treated. Mm. He's been everywhere, hasn't he? Without mm. having any kind of. Uh, without getting a run. No. But clearly, if he's good enough to for an NRL club to want to see how good he is, then have Warrington wasted the opportunity of having him as their first choice halfback? Tony, if you, if you want some women's rugby league transfer news, I think stay big, big, big news this week. Big news this week. More to come. I mean, I can just say that anyway. If, if I knew anything yeah. or not, because no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, no, no. Big news coming in uh, rugby league. Field have got a new full-time women's coach. There you go. Well, that's the other thing is that some of the Wigan players didn't know who Denny Spets was, which I think is, is a amusing and b it's quite sad because it means we're old. Cause we're old. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had to check and spell his name right because uh, it was. I got confused with him One and One Dennis name. Bergkamp because Dennis Bergkamp wanted to be named after Dennis Law or his parents. Oh, I thought you were saying wanted to be named after no. Dennis Betts. <laughs> yeah, they were after Dennis Betts because <laughs> uh, Dennis Law won in, but they've put two in. And I thought, is that the same with Dennis Betts? No, it's one just one in. I assume for the same reason, but I, I don't know. Uh, it would be unlike Warrington to mess up an opportunity, says Paul. Oh, a bit harsh. See, since kit launch, fireworks and fire breathers. I think it was a kind of a offshoot of a firework display. But wait for it look like France. Nice kit. Nice kit. Leeds. Leeds. Everybody's interviewing the new owner of Wakefield, who's been very, very bullish. And and actually, um, one of the things I was going to mention about the impact of IMG that perhaps isn't being seen 
IGM is I think virtually every club's social media output is improving mm, it's that. more innovative um, they're, they're looking at different ways of appealing to a younger and newer audience they've all had IMG in mm. and their digital department to, to help them come up with some ideas to make them more relevant to a new model that I think is having an impact um, I, I, you know Wakefield are clearly launching their uh, got a YouTube, YouTube channel. channel brilliant you know every club is stepping up even the announcement of signings the unveiling of kit and it might not seem like a lot but actually if you if that how do you appeal to a new different younger audience it's the periphery stuff mm -hmm. you, you're not going to change the product you need people to see the product to love the product but how are you going to get them to watch the product in the first place you put a really clever video or some innovative social media and people are, I'd just like to know a little bit more about that guy or that team or that club. You know, Sheffield have been brilliant at it. There's, there's an interesting... Uh, oh, do you see... Um, who was the, the club who... Did, was it Whitehaven? No, no, don't get the right one. Working to another player, frying some chips. Top stuff. <laughs> so, this is what they want. Um, it is, because they're a place called Big Mac. So they do Big Mac and fries, you say. It's, it's clever, I think. Um, the social media thing. And... Uh, I happened upon a discussion about you know the other ones the rugby union people you've heard of them um, if the Harry Newman's tribes could be been scored by the barbarians we'll hear the end of it um, but they, they they've they just had a World Cup apparently I don't know if, I don't know if you saw it um, like the Cricket World Cup which is still on still on um, England not still on um, they've been taking down YouTube channels and videos that have used their content which I mean how you can find any bloody highlights in it I don't know he's had a kick well, that's good isn't it um, I mean we don't do that which I, I, I don't know where I'm, I'm kind of signing with World Rugby on this because I'm not sure you should anyone can it's not, it shouldn't be a free for all you shouldn't, everyone shouldn't be allowed to just nick stuff even though I used the Wales trial last week but I didn't put Wales Rugby video you know I'm not sure everyone should be allowed to nick stuff for their own purposes. And it's quite amusing when clubs retweet videos of player highlights and it's done by some someone on YouTube and think, well, hang on a minute. It's, they haven't got the right to use that. Not everyone should be using Sky Sports material willy-nilly, nor the BBC, but there has to be a fine line between these things. I don't, I don't know how we do it. Clubs can do whatever they want, of course, but how do you engage... How do you get other people to engage? I, I don't know if you need... How does independent media do it? I don't know, because... If I wanted to use some Super League highlights, I should have to pay to use them because, mm. you know, I haven't created the content. But knowing that you can't, you need to be more innovative. And I, and I think even in normal advertising, there are some adverts where you think, I, I don't know who they've got to write this because I don't understand the message <laughs> that they're putting out. There, there's some, there some people who live in a catalogue world at the moment that try and break out. What is the point? What, what are you actually trying to sell? Now, now we have become old men pointing at clouds. No, but, but seriously, I, I don't know the product that they're trying to sell. It's, it's so obtuse that it's ridiculous. But there are ways that some clubs are doing a really good mm. job of either tempting you to come back and, and get some more or hinting at signings or unveiling shoulders of kits and it's looking a lot more professional and I think a lot of younger people are getting involved in the production of it which is exactly what I say, say they're working the video with the look frying the chips got no traction whatsoever that doesn't mean it's not a good idea because yeah, you can never work out what's going to work on the internet or not it's just some things 
take flight and some things don't so I'm, I'd rather clubs try things mm-hmm. be a bit different stick their tongue in their cheek and have a go then oh, here's a picture of a you know, new signing hold up a shirt or whatever I don't know how can we make refereeing go, how do we make the referees department do some exciting videos I mean it's not going to anyone to do you, that we need to know what their personalities are yeah. we've said that before have they yeah. got personalities James since you've left have they got anyone they have they have <laughs> an interesting eclectic bunch as you can imagine I always think it's interesting when uh, people take up the whistles to why they take up the whistle and you know it attracts it attracts a wide a wide range of people um, like and we're all it. I always say we're all weird but some are more weird than others Um but I, I, I just think that more people speak in situations like this and others. And I, I think I've floated the idea before. I think in the magazine about you know doing a, doing a, getting a, a sort of an ex ex player to go in and, and and do a referee's course and take up the whistle and see see how challenging they find it or otherwise. Do we know any ex players? <laughs> well, uh, we, I mean, we could, we, could, we could ask her, but she's always busy. She? Some launch of something else. She's playing now as well. I know. Oh, Life for a kid. What's that, what's that going on? She's bashing people as well. Good. I know Sky are tr- strict, says Kevin, regarding the boxing and YouTube is using their footage. Don't think they're bothered with the rugby league. I think you're right. Uh, Carlson says the American League's made it free for all as long as you don't want money. The more content about your league, the better. It's the opposite view to me. Well, I mean, not necessarily the opposite view to what I, I, I think, Carlson. I just think. Gotta, gotta be careful with what you allow people to do with things. Can't, it can't just be a free fall, especially the American leagues have so much money coming into them that they can do whatever they want. It does, regardless of some Herbert on YouTube making a channel about baseball, say, they're still going to get billions of pounds from their TV rights deals. We're not, we're not going to get that. So we have to be careful with how we use our stuff and who uses it. But Carson, you, be, you might be able to subscribe to all the games next year anyway. Mm. apparently so will you be putting down your however much I think we, the problem we're going to have is and this was a discussion in the press room on Saturday is will people pay will people who are going to have it not paying on top of what they pay so if you ask someone to pay £10 for a stream will they pay it it depends what you get because nobody objected to paying £10 yesterday to see the wheelchair and every one of them if as they came out if you just said would you pay £15 to watch that they'd have said yes don't pay two pound ninety for a bottle of water though. Seven pound fifty for picking mix. <laughs> How did Woolworths go out of business? Oh, everyone was nicking it, wasn't it? That's, that's the problem. Don't a, judge everyone by your standards. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's next to the cinema in Wakefield, so that's that was the problem with it. Uh, I was going to say, is there anything, any other news? There isn't any other news, is there? I think it's great that the fir- I know I bang on about it a lot, but I do think it's great that the first women's internationals have been played in Africa. Because again, it's not about who won, and it happened to be. Nigeria won both games against Ghana it's about empowerment of females and the more you speak to the people that are involved in playing it's so much more than a result um, so again I think we need to celebrate that as a sport that we are breaking down barriers in a, in a continent where it's really difficult P- PNG women I mean you've seen the Power mm. Mary film it's, it doesn't just make a difference to those who play that enjoy it it's actually changing society in many ways mm. um, and that's absolutely fantastic one can only hope that innocent um, and oh, easy never gets in trouble with the referee that, and the success as well they've yeah. just got some AOS fantastic success, yeah. names on the bench 
And uh, we're not being patronising to say no. they've got some fantastic names. They just have some fantastic names. It's uh, super. We need we need better names in in rugby. That's what we need. Yeah, it's like I think we've mentioned this before. It's like when I got married, Stephen took my surname, but it, I could have taken Stephen's surname, which is right. So imagine, oh, you, you know, a, a referee called Mister Mister Wright. Absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah. And why, why do you do that? I mean, come on, that been perfect. Just for one se- <laughs> just for one season. <laughs> oh, and then everyone would have, you know, that that was the strange thing about yesterday's game, and it was pointed out by many was the near silence from Nathan Collins kicking or whoever was taking the kicks at that point, and booing for France, which was hilarious. But you know. Do you want silence when you're kicking? Because you're not used to it, are you? You're not used to it being like that. It's, it's, it's not distracting. I thought it didn't distract him. Well, I won't be the boot, but I don't know. And I just thought the, the audience found the level that they wanted to support yeah. their team, and that's great. Yeah, it was a touch pantomime, but that was good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's good. That's what referees and French people are there for. And the, and the player that they were booing on the French side, French side, the France side, won the man of the match. Yeah, and, yeah. and they, didn't miss a, they didn't miss a kick, and yeah. so it yeah. made no difference hear his thoughts non-exclusively on our YouTube channel <laughs> about about the game he had his brain in his head yes what a great right. phrase that he was he had his brain in his head rather than in the dressing room is that, is that kind of kind of French brilliant idiot? brilliant French, uh, what, what is it, I want to know what he's in French <laughs> his brain in his head uh, our brains definitely on our heads I, 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 I mean I assume we'll be back next week I don't know it depends on it, if anything happens or well I'm sure yeah. we'll want to round up South Africa and Kenya yeah so if we're not if we're not back next week, we'll tell you we're not back. But we'll get, we'll get some guests yeah. in. We'll yeah. have a bit of a party. Yeah, we're not going to finish. Rolls Can't finish. I mean, pre-season starting now. It's only about seven weeks of the Boxing Day game. Yeah, I'm not going. <laughs> oh, it's like a oh look, I'll leave, look at what you could have won. You come to Super League ground, yeah, yeah. But I'm going next week. You know, we were asked. Uh, Paul saying. Uh, is someone? Is there any money being pumped into Wakefield? Millions, Paul. Apparently, one and a half million. One and a half million. Look what he gets you, Daryl Powell and some people. So, uh, look forward to seeing that. Not losing the semi-finals of the playoffs, which won't matter anyway because it's on. The last thing about the IMG thing: people moaning about the mistakes or whatever's been made in this process. Forgetting that this is a dry run for when it's it actually when it actually matters. Yeah. So so we so if we get it wrong now, it's like in pre season we oh, combination's not working, can you? But it doesn't uh doesn't fill up the internet if you say that, does it? So we'll we'll be back at some point uh with everything. Not everyone has their brains in their heads, lol, says Kevin. Some other parts of the body. On that bombshell, because I'm getting <laughs> trouble again. Uh, we park into it. Yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you again soon. But thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming. Sports Social Podcast Network.